Thank you for joining us today on a glorious Sunday of October 4th, uh, 2020. We have uh, uh, people uh, joining us through Zoom. Uh, I can see um, more than few. Good to see. Is, it, is that Pastor Eugene? Is that Eugene? Okay. <laughs> Pastor Eugene is joining us from New Jersey. Welcome. Uh, I'm going to read the passage from the uh, book of Colossians, chapter 3. Uh, verses 20 through chapter 4, verse uh, 1. Would you all stand? Wherever you are, would you all stand? That's, this is the word of the Lord. Colossians chapter 3, verses 20 through chapter 4, verse 1. Uh, Children, obey your parents in, the, in everything, for this please the Lord. Father, do not embitter your children, or they will become discouraged. Slaves, obey your earthly master in everything and do it, not only when their eyes is on you and to win their favor, but with sincerity of heart and reverence for the Lord. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for man, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as the reward. It is the Lord Christ. You are serving anyone who does wrong with the repay for his wrong, and there is no favoritism. Masters, provide your slave with what is right and fair, because you know that you also have a master in heaven. This is the word of the Lord. You may be seated. When we gave our life to Christ, when we welcome Jesus Christ into our hearts, uh, God began to work in, in us. I mean, of course, God, before we even welcome him, he already worked in our lives, right? But the moment we gave our life to Christ, the Holy Spirit began to dwell in us, right? That's why Paul was saying to Coloss the Colossians, Corinthians, don't you know that you are God's temple? The Holy Spirit dwells in you. Some of them didn't know that they were the temple of the Holy Spirit. Yes, that's why we became the living temple. Wherever we go, uh, Holy Spirit is in us, go together with us, right? Uh, we became a holy temple. Uh, holy Spirit who dwells in us began to bear the fruits. Isn't that amazing? He began to bear the fruit. So you and I will become a person of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and what? Last one? Self-control, right? Self-control. It is natural fruit because Holy Spirit in us is the one who bearing the fruit. So it is natural phenomenon. You will see the, the faith working in every aspects of our lives, every areas of our life, especially in relationship, because the relationship is such an important thing, right? I remember uh, when I was in Philippines as a missionary, I think it was a Julie uh, who took a few classes in, in the, mission, the mission field, and I, I would attend the class together with her, and professor actually asked a question. Do you have anyone here have a problems? Everyone raise hand. What is the biggest problem in your life? Every one of them say, you know what? Relationship. Every one of us have a hardship in relationship. Holy Spirit who lives in us, he's going to molding us to be better 
person in Jesus Christ in, in, in terms of, uh, in areas of relationship. Last week I shared with you the relationship between husband and wife, right? And today I want to cover the relationship between parents and children and slaves and the masters. In today's context, there could be uh, employees and employers. So let's, let's, uh, let's look what Paul has to say about the relationship between children and the parents. I would say next to husband and wife, uh, the children and parents are the most, second most important relationship that we have because we learn how to have a relationship with one another through parents and parenting. Let's look at the verse 20. Children, obey your parents in everything for this, please the Lord. Here the word obey means keep on obeying. This is keep on obeying. We obey parents not because they are perfect, but by obeying them, we are acknowledging that God has given them authority over authority as a parents. What if there's conflict between the parents and the word of God? Which one should we follow? For example, what if my dad say, don't go to church? They, they don't usually say that, right? They say, did you go to church today? <laughs> you know? What do you do when our parents say things that contradict the word of the Lord? I think here's the answer in Philippians, Ephesians. Children, obey your parents in the Lord. Obey your parents in the Lord. I think that's the right phrase. So the obedience can be conditional, right? Whether it's in the Lord or not. But Paul says in Philippians, honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise that, is, that it may uh, that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. Honoring, in, on the other hand, this is not a conditional. Honoring means you got to respect. You got to honor them no matter what. This is unconditional thing. As a children, I think this is the right attitude. We have to take, we have to really honor them in three areas. First one is, Especially when they become old. As a children, we have to take care of their physical need. We gotta take care of them. Some of you know our parents will be soon they wanna be old, right? Then it helps. Then as a children, by honoring them, we have to take care of their physical need. And also our emotional need as well. You know, I wanna challenge our young you know, uh, congregation. Give them a call. Send a text. It's a simple, you know, like, hello, simple expression. That will make their life, I mean, their day, you know, like, joyful. I experienced that. Simple text, simple message can encourage the parents emotionally. And also spiritually as well. We receive a lot from spiritual blessing from our parents, right? But we as a children, we have to take care of their spiritual life as well. How can you do that? By praying for them. You know, every one of us having a challenge, right? How can you support that? By praying for them. That is, I think, the right attitude as a Christian, as a children of the Lord. 
What about the parents? Parents' role toward children. We have members who are going to be uh, uh, soon to be parents, right? Aren't you excited? I mean, we have Justin and Lily. Their babies on the way. I think in November, soon next month. We have Astor and Julius on, on December, right? You have a, and and many of us. I mean, not many, but few of us have a children. And look at verse 21. Fathers, do not embitter your children. Maybe this message for many of you guys, for future parents, or they will become discouraged. Do not embitter your children. Embitter means don't overcorrect. Don't overcorrect. To the point you are planting the bitterness in their lives. Growing up in Korean family, Many of you have experienced overcorrection. I cannot assume. And you have decided to your heart. You know what? When I become parents, I don't think I will, I will ever be like my parents. Yet, you will find yourself doing exactly the same thing to your children. We got to stop that. We concern, therefore we say things, but hey, we got to stop that. Because those words doesn't help. Many years ago, I asked uh, our youth group, our uh, elementary school kids, and maybe some of you probably answered the question. I asked some of our members, hey, what do you want to say to your parents? This is the list that I came up with. This is actually kids in our congregation answer. Mom and dad, do not over-exaggerate. Parents, Parents myself, I mean, we often exaggerate, right? Clean up your room, you know. I, I've, been told, I, I, I've told you to clean up your room for a million times. Actually, we didn't really, you know, tell a million times, right? Kids hear uh, literally what parents say. So we have to, whenever we open our mind, we have to be factual. I think it's very important. And, and there was a stop, martyrs complex. Martyrs complex. I heard a lot, you know. Do you know why I came, you know, what, do you know why we came to America? Because for you, for your education, for, for you to have a better life. Did I ask you, did I ask, you know, dad, mom? Second generation, you don't really say those words because you, you know, you, you but you have a similar saying to your children. And they were saying, actually, the third one was, please don't compare. We heard that a lot, right? How can you, be, I mean, can you be like your sister? <laughs> How come you don't act like your even, you know, younger brother? They loved compares. And, you know, by growing up hearing those things, we tend to do similar things. And also, stop prophesying. Parents have a power to enhance or destroy kids by what we say. And I remember like my mom was saying, if you, be, if you are that lazy, you're not going to be homeless. And kind of, that's kind of words, you know. Like, they didn't really mean it, but you know, we tend to say those things. Verse 21, once again, fathers do not embitter your children or they will become discouraged. Parents shouldn't discourage their children by what they say. We should encourage them. But how? How can we encourage our children? I want to say by listening. 
By listening, we can encourage our children. I think this principle applies to even you know, interpersonal relationship. Richard Morris, children's psychiatrist, said, uh, the greatest gift we can give another person is the purity of our attention. That can be the gift. Purity of our attention. You can apply that to your boyfriend and girlfriend or spouse and your children as well. When daughter says, looking herself on mirror, mom, am I pretty? What would be the purity of attention? What would be purity of attention? It's not my fault. It is your dad. That's not right way to say it, right? The purest attention is this. You are one of a kind. You are God's masterpiece. You don't know how beautiful you are. Why did you ask? This is active listening. Let me try one more, one more time. Mom, do you love me? If your child, if your future child asks that question, how would you answer it? What could be the purity of attention? What kind of stupid question is that? <laughs> That's not a pur- purity of attention, right? Of course I love you. You are the best gift God has given to me. But why'd you ask? This is the purity of attention. Do you know the children are thirsty to hear compliments? Do you know your spouse is thirsty (laughs) to hear your compliments? Your friends are thirsty to hear the compliments? Don't criticize them, but encourage them. There was a study. If you want to criticize one, one time, you got to encourage eight times. Let's look at the servants and masters, their relationship. In today's text, I would say the employees and employers. Starting from verse 22, Paul talks about servants and masters. In the first century, there were so many slaves. In the city of Rome itself, had 60 million slaves. And most of them were POW, prisoner of wars. So, so many slaves, they were actually highly educated people. They were more high educated than their masters. Paul was saying to the master, you got to treat them with respect. You got to understand, Christianity doesn't condone slavery, right? Slavery was the product of man's sinful nature. It was evil system that man, selfish man created it. And Christianity helped to demolish this evil system. Look at the verse 22. Slaves, obey your ultimate master in everything and do it, not only when their eyes is on and win their favor, but with the sincerity of the heart and reverence to the Lord. This verse teaches us that principle that you got to give your best shot in any given situation. As employees, whatever the job is given to you, whatever the response is given to you, you got to give your best shot. That's the right attitude of Christian. Whatever you do, do it as if you are serving the Lord and his people. Verse 23 continues. Whatever you do, work as it with your heart, as working for the Lord, not for man, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord 
as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. You are serving the Lord. Back in Roman Empire time, slaves didn't have any inheritance. So when Christian brothers and sisters heard this, heard this message, I'm sure they were excited to have a hope of inheritance that they will have in heaven. We too, followers of Jesus Christ, we should have the hope of eternal inheritance. This is not our ultimate home. Brothers and sisters, hear me. This is not our ultimate home. Our home is waiting for us. That's why Jesus said to us, Don't, do not let your heart be troubled. Trust, trust in me, trust also in God. In my father's house, there are many rooms. I'm going to go there and prepare a place for you. There is a physical kingdom, Jesus Christ, preferring place for you, right? That is our ultimate hope. Paul is saying to Master in uh, chapter 4, verse 1, Master, provide your slaves with what is right and fair because you know that you also have a master in heaven. Slaves didn't have any right back in those days. They were treated as like animals. And this kind of setting, Paul was telling the master, treat the slave with fairness, with the right. It was a revolutionary teaching back in those days, and eventually they changed uh, everything. Philemon's, I like this Philemon, book of Philemon's 117 uh, says, so if you consider me as a partner, welcome him. Who is him here? As you would welcome me. If he has done you any wrong or owes you anything, charge it to me. The book of Philemon was Paul's personal letter to the person named Philemon regarding the slave named Onesimus. Onesimus was the Philemon's slave who ran away from him and later he became a Christian through Paul when Paul was in prison. And Paul's now sending back to Philemon and ask him, can you welcome him as your own brother? So as an employer, I want to challenge you if you can treat employees as your brothers and sisters, God's going to honor that attitude. Let me conclude my message today. If I want to choose one key verse for last week and this week's sermon, I would choose verse 23, chapter, uh, chapter 3. Whatever you do, work it as with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for man. Whatever you do, we got to do the thing for the glory of God. Whether you treat your husband and wife, friends, girlfriend and boyfriends, children and parents, we treat them as we're treating the Lord Jesus Christ. Then you will experience the fullness of Jesus Christ. The main theme of the Colossians is the, the fullness of Jesus Christ. See, we welcome Christ in us, right? In our midst. So he's going to bear the fruit. So we experience heaven while we're living on earth. Let us experience fullness this week. Amen? Let's pray. Father, while it was still darkness, you came as a light. And you show us light, Father God. And we began to bear the fruit which you imprinted in us. And Lord, would you continue to bear the fruit so that we may become like you, Lord God. Bless our relationship, Father. 
especially husband and wives and parents and children and employees and employers, Lord God. Help us to treat every one of us, every one of them, as we serve and treat our Lord Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name, we pray, amen.